All right, my guest today is a good friend um, that I, I met just at happenstance at a Fairway Mortgage annual event. Um, and man, we got introduced to each other and we just kind of hit it off there. Sometimes you just get with somebody and you kind of have this mutual, uh, in our case, ball busting connection and tendency. Um, and, and literally from that moment, we saw each other again at another event a few months later um, and just kind of kept in touch, just kind of a kindred spirit, right? A, a friend, a brother from another mother. There's lots of terms for that. But um, before I get into introducing TJ, I just want to do a very quick quote. Uh, this one I read this morning and um, just resonated with me. Sometimes I get ones that are a little quirky that make a lot of sense. Um, and I don't have a source for this. It's just something that I heard that the road of life is paved with flat squirrels who couldn't make a decision, be decisive. I feel like in a lot of instances, man, in our business, we, we have to make decisions quickly and we have to stand by them and we have to make sure that we're educated. It doesn't mean to just dive into making a decision without thinking about it, um, but you definitely have to have that that purpose, that why that drives your decisions so that you can make them quickly. Um, because in the absence of the why, sometimes you flounder with those decisions. Um, so my guest today is TJ Curran. TJ is from Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, you'll hear his accent when we're talking. Um, and really, really glad that you could make time to join me today. Thanks, TJ. I appreciate it. No problem. I want to clarify, though, that I spent quite a few years having the accent beaten out of me. So uh, you might not get uh, the, the accent that you're expecting or hoping for. So you have to go to like Matt Damon and Ben Affleck in a, a Boston crime caper for that. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. so right. um, I, as I always talk about with everyone, I want to talk about family first. So TJ uh, has been married for five years, uh, very similar situation to me as a two-year-old boy. Um, so we kind of go from work at at work to work at home, um, kind of come home. And, and if you don't have kids, you have this awesome luxury of just kind of plopping down on your couch and watching a little TV. And um, man, I, I don't even know what that's like anymore. I'm sure TJ, two years in, you're probably feeling the same way. It's, yeah, it's a lot. My wife is very, she's a pediatric psychologist, so she does a lot of the heavy lifting, but I'm there for support for sure. Um, it is, it's, it's two jobs, but uh, it's worth it. I, I, so I got married when I was older. I know I look like I'm 25, but I'm actually 46. And what I like to say is I, when I got married, I was a fully formed person. I probably wasn't ready to be married any earlier than that. And um, we had, Julian, my son, later on in life as well. Uh, so we kind of knew what we were getting into. We we're a little eye, you know, eyes wide open and um, knew what to expect a little bit, but it's all been great. It's all been really a blessing. So we're very thankful. Yeah, you're like I am, man. I'm, I'm, I'm an old dad. Um, waited to have kids until my late 30s. Uh, and it's interesting because just like you, man, I'm, I would not have been the same father I am now 20 right. years ago. Um, yeah. I had a lot of friends who started in their late teens and early 20s. Um, and I just know who I was then. I knew I wasn't ready. I knew I wanted kids. I knew I wanted to have a family. But I also knew <laughs> that that point of time in my life, it was, it was not the right time. 
Um, and, and even now, like, as I look back on it, you know, a better parent, a lot more patient, um, a lot more focused on being a parent. I don't have side distractions of things that I would have if I were younger. Um, a lot of pondering on this. The only downside, the only uh, regret, not really a regret, but it's, it's less time that I get to spend with my kids as they age, right? Um, so since I waited later, now I'm, I'm going to be older as they are aging and I won't get as much time with them. Well, luckily for me, I'm going to live forever. So nice. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's going to be, you know, that'll so, be an advantage for me. Same thing with, with, again, both in the business for almost 20 years, helping people buy houses. Um, you've been with Fairway for two years. Um, come from a family, have, have brothers, have siblings that you grew up with, just like I did. And uh, um, yeah, just it's interesting as we talk again, always just to see the similarities and why we hit it off right when we met. Um, so TJ, first I want to get into a little bit of, I want to shape your why, and then I want to talk about the why. So when you arrived and I originally um, kind of broached the conversation about the why, um, you, had, you had kind of an interesting take on it, like, listen, this is, this is where I am now, maybe not where I was before, don't really know if this why is going to stick around. So first, let, let's, let's get into your why, and then let's kind of share that progression first. So uh, tell us your why. Sure. So um, it's funny because I was a big Simon Sinek fan from the jump, right? Saw his TED Talk, read his book, uh, read two books, Leaders Eat Last and Start With Why. I've read, you know, Infinite Game. Um, so when people talk about why, I feel like that's thrown out a lot and people just kind of, kind of, you know, put what you want to hear in there, um, which is whatever, you know, I feel like there's people say what you want to hear a lot. We're in sales. So you get a lot of, you know, people saying what you want to hear. But, um, for, for me, really my why is to be the best father and husband that I can, uh, with the limited skill set that I have, um, Right. So I'm not great at a lot of things. Um, and just finding the things that I am great at, or, you know, better than average, I should say that, and using those skills to be the best father and husband that I can possibly be. And that's important to me. And that's what gets me out of bed in the morning. Um, one of the things that I'm skilled at is mortgages. So that's one of the things that, um, you know, I, I get up and try to do my best in my job and helping people achieve the American dream of home ownership. And through that, you know, kind of the, the um, ripple effect or the you know, byproduct of me doing that is I'm able to uh, provide a good, you know, a good family environment for my, uh, for my family. And, um, you know, and, and part of that also though, besides, you know, the kind of monetary stuff and financial support is, uh, I, think, I feel like being present um, I'm someone who's easily distracted and that's something that I'm working on is being more present in family situations um, and thinking less about, Hey, this would be a really good picture to put on Facebook and more about enjoying my actual time with my family uh, that I have and being inside of this, I guess, pandemic lockdown, whatever it is. Um, you kind of realize pretty, quickly or over time or you know you're stuck with your thoughts a lot and you really kind of can categorize all right i'm not good at this i am good at this i'm not good at this and you can kind of 
you know, figure out how to use your skills to your advantage and to the, you know, betterment of your family. Yeah, I feel like, um, I feel like that there's a struggle with acknowledging and, and having your faults kind of staring at you now. Uh, yeah. Where before you could be preoccupied, you could be going out, you could be doing dinner, you could be spending time with friends, you could be going, but there's all these other things that would occupy your time that um, kind of push those faults to the back of your mind so they're not staring at you. And I feel like right now, especially um, some of those things that um, you're faced with when you're home and have nowhere else to be, but but home with yourself and your family, uh, you, you, you've got to come to terms with uh, some of those, some of those faults that we have, right? Yeah. I mean, I look at them in the mirror every day. <laughs> this used to be luxurious head of hair. And, um, I just look in the mirror at, at, you know, I get nostalgic for the things that could have and would have and should have been. Um, but there, there's a, there's a lyric in, uh, the Jackson Brown song these days where he says, don't confront me with my failures. I remember them. And it's just true. You, you, you know, when you're stuck at home and you're stuck kind of in a routine that's been, you know, truncated, is that a word? Um, then you kind of are forced to face, you know, and, and put into boxes. All right, I'm good at this. I'm not so good at this. So let's try to not do this. If you looked around the room that I'm sitting in, you could tell what I'm not good at. I'm not good at straightening out up after, after myself. But, um, you know, the, the computer over there is, is, you know, has a lot of loan applications. So I'm, I'm focusing on what I'm good at, I guess. Nice. So yeah. I want to I want to make sure I rephrase your why um, right now to be the the best father and best husband you can, and and focus on your strengths with that. Now um, with this why you you kind of hit on this already, but it doesn't sound like um, this was 17 year old TJ's why. No. No. 17-year-old TJ's didn't have didn't really have a why. He was just someone who uh, was looking for a good time, you know. And I, it's really embarrassing to say that, but it's the truth. And it's funny because uh, even as you get older and as you grow as a person, I shouldn't say older. Some people grow when they're younger, but as you grow as a person and you kind of become, as I've said before, a fully formed person, um, you're circle of friends change. And when I was, you know, 17, all the way up to 30-ish, TJ, uh, surround himself with people who are a lot of fun. Um, and that was the prerequisite. And that was pretty much the only prerequisite. You didn't have to be smart or successful or, you know, have good values. Funny trumped everything. And if you were funny, you were in. And, or, or fun to be around. You know, if you were someone where I called you up and it was, we went somewhere and it was going to be an adventure, I was, I was in, I was all in. So um, those priorities have changed. Uh, and it's just part of growing up. Um, now, it's funny because now during the pandemic, uh, we have Adventure Saturday. And the adventures that I go on now are, uh, last Saturday we went blueberry picking. And the Saturday before that, we went to a farm in, in Jamestown on the water that had cows and sheep on it. And we went hiking the weekend before that on an adventure. Um, so the adventures change, the idea of, of how you frame adventure changes, but uh, it doesn't mean it's less rewarding or less fun. It's just different. Yeah, it's, um, 
most people know I'm a huge fan of Jim Rohn, right? And Jim Rohn talks about the, the seasons of life. Um, so what's fun in fall isn't the same fun as winter or spring or summer, right? And I feel like as we go through those seasons of life, um, it's funny to think about, my wife and I laugh about this all the time because we've been together for almost 20 years and we, th we think about how our 20 year back there self would think about what we're doing today um, for entertainment and for fun and uh, just kind of laughing at how life changes and how things, the same as you, right? It was all about having fun, all about spending time with people who were uh, alive and vibrant and funny and fun. Um, so coming out of you being uh, 17 and, and I think if, if I remember this right, you, you had a, a past life um, as a comedian and, and, and was, were funny professionally. Um, did that, yeah. did that career path come from a why, uh, or did that just no. kind of cascade from you being down the path of wanting to have fun and be around people who are funny and, and, and feel that like, how did, how did you fall into that career? So my background is in theater. I like performing. Um, I was an actor and a director. And I really, uh, really liked those things. And I, was, I forget who I was with. I was with some people and they said, you should do stand-up comedy. You're funny. To all the people watching this, I'm, I apologize for not being funnier throughout this. It's not going to get funnier. I apologize. This is whatever. Um, watching the wrong video. So stand-up comedy was something where if you're a funny person, right, and, you're, and most people that yeah, have friends who are funny are funny in the context of sitting around and kind of cracking on each other or taking something that's come up and, and making fun of it. It's a, you know, they're kind of jokes that, inside jokes for people that are in the room. The, the challenge of stand-up comedy is you have to write for strangers. You have to make something funny uh, that strangers can relate to uh, and that, it, you know, a whole room of people from different backgrounds will find funny. And that was the challenge and I really enjoyed the challenge. Uh, I liked performing the jokes. The difference between theater and, and comedy is if you're a comedian and no one laughs at your jokes, there's nowhere for you to hide and there's nowhere, no one for you to blame. Um, you know, you, I, I've, I've been in shows, you know, th theatrical productions where, oh, the director was terrible or the script was not good. Stand-up comedy, you have nowhere, no one to blame and the light is shining brightly on your faults. Um, the thing, so there was, you know, good and bad about that. The, the instant gratification of the laugh is the good part and the, um, terror of failure uh, was the bad part. But uh, it, it wasn't a why for me. Um, and I think it was something that was a hobby and I really didn't take it very seriously. Um, I don't, if you know me well enough, you know that I don't take a lot of things very seriously. There are things, things I take very, very seriously, but most of the things that, you know, and I think that's what really has helped me in my career is you talked about uh, the squirrel being flattened I've been a flattened squirrel many times in, in my various uh, lives. And uh, those were based on decisions that I made deliberately. So like I made it, all right, I'm going to do this and I'm going to cross the road and I got flattened. And I, you know, it's, it's like the Batman thing, right? You got, you know, when you fall, you get back up, whatever it was that he said, um, doesn't matter how many times you fall down. Uh, it matters how many times you get back up. And um I always say to my wife, and she always gives me this 
horrible look of doubt, whatever I do. I said, I'm, I'm betting on myself. I always bet on myself because I know what I'm capable of and I know what I can accomplish. Um, and I also know that I, I'm probably going to fail a few more times before this is all over. Uh, it's just part of life. And if you accept that and you move on, you're going to be better off. If you, if you think of failure as the end, you've already failed. You know, but if you think of failure as part of the path to success, um, your chances of being successful are that greater. Yeah, they, there's this example of, of the owner of Amazon, right? Jeff Bezos, who, um, if you look back at the investment decisions he made in 1988, 99, 2000, um, hundreds of millions of dollars lost in bad decisions and failures, quote unquote. Um, and, and his philosophy was, I have to fail faster. I, I, I crave so much success that the more I get through these failures, the more likely it is I'm gonna find that one thing that's a success. Um, and I found that to be really powerful, right? He just, he just kept driving through failures, understanding that they were a necessary part of his mission to be successful and mission yeah. to find that one thing. Um, right. So was it, was it having a child that, that drove you to having a why? Um, because, you know, you kind of talk about 17-year-old TJ on into doing comedy, that those, those things were not your why, and you were still kind of um, on the search for the why. Uh, was, there, think, was there a prior iteration of the why? Yeah, I, I think it was probably meeting my wife. Um, my wife is someone who has uh, it all together. She's beautiful and smart and funny. And um, I think after I met her, I kind of just dedicated my life to impressing her or trying to impress her. Uh, most of the time failing to impress her. Uh, but the attempts are there, you know, like you just got to put the reps in. I think if you try to impress someone, you know, over and over again, uh, they'll be impressed by something. Um, Eventually she'll just feel sorry for you and be like, okay. Right, right, right. right. So uh, I think, I really think that's, that's who gets or I credit, I guess, but, um, and when we got married, we talked about having children and we had two choices. We could, you know, have a child and it would be great and it would be blessing, a blessing and we would love it. Or, um, or we could not have a child and just do whatever we wanted for the rest of our lives. Uh, we chose the harder path, uh, obviously. And, um, and it's been great. And, um, I think it's more family, more than, you know, more than a, a child or a wife. It's really having um, a family that uh, is proud of me and uh, whom, you know, I love and can just, you know, create a, a great family, safe and happy and healthy family unit for. So. Yeah, I think that uh, for so many people that, it, I hate to even use the word cliche because it is important having family as your why is not cliche. Um, it, it seems that way because so many people say it and so many people hold that as being so dear to them. I think um, what demonstrates that your family is so important to you is the time, the commitment of time that you give to them. Um, I, 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 yeah, I really think, I really think the people who back into a why that way, you know, like, oh, it's their default. Why? It's, they're not, they're doing themselves a disservice. I think if you actually go through the exercise of the golden circle, like Simon Sinek talks about, you'll know, you kind of, you'll, you'll figure it out. 
I think people who don't really know the origin or how, to, how the exercise works are, are going to say family by default. It, it's almost like we all know people who uh, are in a bad relationship, they're in a bad marriage, and they're like, ah, let's just have another kid. That'll save it, right? I feel like those are the people who just like, ah, it's my, my why is my family. You know, that's what, it, you know, and it's, it's, there's nothing wrong with it. It's nothing, you know, it doesn't invalidate what they're saying. It just, they're doing it like The Bachelor. They're in it for the wrong reasons. Um, and it's probably going to end badly. Uh, if you can kind of, if you can use the, um, the, uh, I lost you there for a second. Uh, if, if, if you can, you know, use the, the golden circle and back into your why based on your actions and your beliefs, uh, that's going to give you the true, you know, your true calling. Yeah. And so, um, coming out of the, the sequence of, of who you were growing up and meeting your wife and then having a child and, and, and your why and how that motivates you today, um, you kind of already hit on that definitely is a part of the morning routine. It is something that is a, a drive for you every morning when you wake up. Do you think that, is there a point um, in, in a day or, or in a lifetime where you think that you'll have that moment of, of, of relief or, or understanding, man, I did it, my why has been fulfilled? Uh, or do you think it's truly something that's just, just never ending, that, that will continue every single day, that that why will motivate you forever? It's a good question, and I definitely think there are um, milestones, right? There, there are goals and milestones that I have that um, are going to uh, contribute to it. Uh, and, you know, you and I talked before this about, you know, paying off debt. And, you know, I have a, a, a college fund for Julian, and I have another account for him. I'm creating a family trust that's going to hopefully create generational wealth, right, that's going to live on beyond me. Uh, and beyond my, you know, beyond Sarah. So I'm hoping that, um, you know, I, I think the overarching umbrella of my why will, will remain the same, but as we go and we kind of celebrate different milestones, it, it gives you, it gives you kind of stepping stones or, uh, you know, smaller goals that are uh, attainable and also you're able to celebrate those milestones. And so you don't lose sight of the uh, overarching, you know, kind of why. Yeah, have, being similar to you in that I'm, I'm very family-centric, I think that um, while the why will remain the same, as you said, overarching, I think that who you are as you work your way towards that why and in the why, the moment of the why, when your kid is two or eight or 12 or 17 or 30, obviously the person that you are and how you fulfill that why is going to change as you age and they age and your marriage matures. There's different things that happen as you go through that. So the why, again, is going to ultimately remain the same overarching, but um, there will be a change in your persona. No, I, and I agree. I also know that I know myself well enough to know, I know I'm not good at a lot of things. We've already discussed this. Uh, I'm not good at most things. But the things that I am good at, um, I can, can that, those, that's what I can control, I guess. And knowing what you can control and what you can't control is, is an important part of it. Um, there's going to be times where do I, am I going to wish that the people in my life were happier? Yes. Or healthier? Yes. Um, but there's not a lot that I can do 
you know, I can put, I can contribute what I can contribute to that. But um, a lot of times it's just being present, like we talked about before, uh, and being, you know, uh, a nurturing, you know, positive presence. Um, those are the things that, you know, as you get older and grow, it's not about controlling anymore. It's just about, you know, kind of contributing, I guess. That's, that's part of it, you know? Yeah, sometimes being the best husband is just sitting in a room with your wife and not not do it, just time, spending right. time. Being right, present. just, you know, give, giving the answers for the two New York Times crossword puzzles that, you know, answers that she can't get. So I, I contributed to one this weekend. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, I, it, you, it's close to my heart, right? The same, um, it really changed my life when I got married and changed my life when I had kids uh, and, and really influenced every day for me. Every day uh, is changed and impacted by how my kids grow and as they grow up and how my relationship changes as we're together for longer periods of time. And, uh, and I thank you for being here. Uh, you're a great friend and a good brother. And, uh, and I know you're a good dad and, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see if you're a good husband. I'll talk to the wife about that one day in the future. Uh, but I appreciate your time. my friend. Yeah. You're going to hear conflicting, uh, conflicting, you know, information on that one. I would take my word on it before you, you know, before you go out and try to get other sources. No, I appreciate being here. Uh, thanks for having me. This has been a great conversation. Now tell me one thing. I ask everybody for, for final thoughts. Is there anything that we haven't addressed or any final takeaways that we didn't hit on while we were talking? Sure. So this, 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 I'll give you a quote and this is, I'll give you a little background. Um, and this quote has kind of stuck with me through this pandemic and through 2020. Uh, where there's been so many challenges. Um, Warren Zavon is a, was a rock singer who was really, uh, I, I loved him. He was kind of crazy, uh, lyrically crazy, musically gifted. Um, and he was afraid to go to the doctor and he avoided going to the doctor for years and years and years. And, and he survived a lot of bouts with drug and, and alcoholism. And he was just kind of getting his act together, probably in his fifties. He went to the doc, he finally went to the doctor and he had um, incurable cancer. So he was going to die. And he came, we went on the David Letterman show and uh, David asked him, you know, if you had, could give some advice, what, you know, what would you be your advice to give? He said, enjoy every sandwich. So make sure you enjoy every sandwich. That's, that's about it. That's all you could do. I love it. I love it. Little, little moments of celebration, which in my life I've been. And, so and, if, and, if, and if you, and again, if you're like, where did that come from? It's just kind of being stuck and kind of being around all of the, the challenges of 2020 and also having the privilege of watching a two-year-old eat a sandwich. And if you haven't done it, I highly recommend watching a two-year-old eat a sandwich, not in a creepy way. Don't be that guy, but, if you do have the, you know, the, the privilege of watching a two-year-old watch a, eat a sandwich, make sure you do it. That's it. I love it. Now, I've, I've been notoriously terrible. I've, I've been good at um, partying, not so good at celebrating. I think I said right. that right. Right. Yeah. So I've had to learn coming out of that era of my life 
that that celebrating is equally as important, right? Having those milestones and and literally that idea of celebrating every sandwich is pretty cool. It, it gives you a different perspective on life. Yeah. Thank you, brother. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks for having me.